Today on This American Dice, Ryoko Wari, City of Lies, Episode 51. What happens when the secrets are revealed to a viper? What happens when the truth is discovered about those who have stalked the streets of the city of green walls, the city of stories, the city of lies? What happens when that truth is uncovered? And what is the darker truth behind it? And what could keep one of the emperor's hands of justice trapped in their house? Find out today on This American Dice. Our cold open starts with Yugure in the, essentially the courtyard of Asako Kinto's. And remember, he had purchased some of the property behind his house to expand this yard in order to continue this excavation of these serpentine artifacts. And you arrived here and discovered that, um, you arrived here after you got the news that Asako Kinto had been killed um, they believe it was a robbery. He was killed not far from his bed, and they believe, and they, the Thunder Guard can tell you, or other people can tell you that, like, oh, definitely seems like valuables were taken. And if you go in there, it looks like someone has kind of tossed the place for valuables <clears throat> and of this kind and that kind. The kind of places where you might keep money or jewelry or like nicer clothes are opened up, and those things are not in them. <clears throat> You noticed that there also seem to be some of these artifacts that are missing. Yugare's eyes had started to glow um, as you were trying to find out more information about what was going on. Okay, doing here. I'm around. So are we like right before a roll? I think so. I think we talked about it. You were like, oh, I'm going to have a vision now. Wisdom of the common move. That's a 10. Not bad. That's in the circle. Yeah. So ten and with oh, wisdom of the commies. That means I ask three. All right, go for it, and I'll try to answer these <coughs> to give you the the most information I can. What is hidden from me? <coughs> um, something very dark was done here. Hmm. Um. Yes. Yeah. They were done dirt cheap. Dirty, dirty dates. Something dark was done uh, was done here fairly recently. Um, oh, but I'll tell you the extra thing that is hidden from you for a slightly different reason. These runes resisted it. Interesting. The runes being the, the serpent- artifact the relics? Serpentine the artifacts, yeah. So ruins, not runes. Okay. Oh, okay. Where can I <laughs> find what I seek? I'm looking for the people responsible. Solid. Solid seek. You've been to, you've been to a place of uh, you've been to a place of darkness. <clears throat> no, you've been to a place of despair. And. Um, the, the same feeling that you got from the Kami before about uh, that place of great darkness on Teardrop Island, mm-hmm. it's a similar feeling. And you 
know of a place that you've been in the Fisherman's Quarter that is connected to this uh, darkness. So this, I'm sorry, that is connected to this degree of despair. And they, they're not exactly the same, but they have a similar feeling to them, or the kami present them in a similar light. Yeah. It's got the same spiritual feel sense. <laughs> sure. I mean, if it was like an, if it was an animal, it would have a similar musk to it, but you're not dealing with smell, probably. Also depends on whether it's in heat. What? Please tell us more. Let's continue this. This horrible. What is the greatest danger threatening me or my allies? Whatever was responsible for taking these ruins away and taking these artifacts, whatever was responsible for killing Kento, um, is something far larger than you are... um, Something far larger and far darker than you realize. And it is... uh, I'm only now beginning to realize it's, it's, It's woven its way around each of you. Right. Weaving the basket hats. Oh, no. I don't think this was normal <clears throat> burglars. That's what I take it away. It's a very tall burglar. <laughs> Bigger than I've ever imagined. Bigger than normal burglars. Well, I guess I would fat. go back and report my spiritual <clears throat> findings. All right. To the crew. So. Cool. Here's what I think is going to go on with this. I'm going to say that after that scene, we have the um, we see you grade discovering this information. Sure. Um, if you have any quick idea of how the audience sees that, if this is a TV show, does you agree? Almost catch it in like flashbacks. I want to say that there's like. You said his eyes light up. Mm-hmm. That's based on yeah, what you had said at the end of the last session. His head rolls back, and like you see all around him, but like you, the the shift of the lens focus and like filter shows that we're like now in this vision, and all the if there are any like ruins ruins with serpents around him, they like come to life, but like as. Maybe it shows them fighting off like a dark shadow that's trying to take them, and then that the shadows overtake the serpents, and then the shadows just start like we like zoom out drastically and see the shadows like coiling all around the city and going to that place in the um, the fisherman's quarter, and then we see like kind of one at a time to the different magistrates, and there's like this shroud of the same thing around them as well. A large city surrounded by green walls and acres and acres of poppy fields. A group of monks travel toward the city, exchanging prayers for whatever alms the poor peasants of the countryside can spare. In the noble quarter, we see a beautiful but imposing palace and a foreign-looking minareted estate. In the temple quarter, we see the glistening white temple of the sun goddess with a 60-foot pole topped by a shimmering golden spear, and the Temple of the Fortune of Wealth with its towering statue of the patriot god of the city. 
Next door in the merchant quarter, we see busy streets with noisy merchants selling wares from all over Rokugan and beyond. On the other side of the Bay of Drowned Honor, the fishermen's quarter, dirtier with poorer commoners, meaner gangs, and shabby dwellings amid the docks and warehouses. We pass the leather workers quarter, the home of the Ada, the untouchables, and the only building of notice there, the city crematorium. Finally, we arrive at Teardrop Island, the license quarter, with its perpetual twilight of hanging lanterns, fine sake and geisha houses. We follow a man in a basket hat as he's beckoned inside by a beautiful geisha. He enters and removes his hat. We see one of the monks from the beginning, Ryoku Owari, City of Lies. of downtime. Does that mean this heal? Yes, everybody heals one. one. I can join the healing party. I can hardly feel it anymore. Alright. So two to three days pass, and uh, each of you is able to rest a bit, heal from the almost uh, at least 72 hours of action that you guys had been dealing with in the last couple game sessions. It might have been more than that. So it was definitely 48 hours. It might have been about 72 hours. It's the best important investment I ever made. So, so on the last on the last evening of that downtime, um, Ishii finds himself in a village near the town, kind of out in the countryside, in one of these small near near a farm. For the most part, it's the winter. There's not a lot of kind of busyness out in the fields, especially as it's getting towards the later part of the night. And um, we see Ishii kind of trudging through past some uh, brambles. Um, and we see this from Ishii's perspective. So we see kind of these per- um, these brambles that we see your hands kind of like move away to the side. And um, we see a small child who's maybe... Ten years old, um, trying to kind of corral chickens that have seemingly gotten out of a coop and getting them back in. And it, the the sun has the sun has just gone down, and it seems as though this child has kind of completed whatever chores that they have to do and attempted to do something. And these chickens got out of this coop, and we see um, the kid kind of the sun goes down. And this kid just um, is kind of rounding up the last of these chickens and getting them into the coop, kind of doing a like, like, oh geez, this took so, this took a really long time. Oh, my, my dad was gonna kill me if he saw that these chickens were out of here. Kind of a thing. And um, as the the child is working on mending the latch on the coop, like he's trying to like just use string and tie a knot with this battered piece of twine and Ishii slowly approaches this child and we see again from the perspective of Ishii himself and um, uh, we maybe even see uh, from this child's perspective this tall figure of Ishii hovering over the child and um, Ishii feels this irresistible hunger Hear, uh, yeah, we hear the chickens like go crazy, like a shot of like the empty night sky, as it then gets like silent again. And um, 
then Ishii like bolts upright in bed and um, he sees he had that vision and he's like in the magistrate's residence in his bed he's covered in a cold sweat we see a tall older woman that we've seen only probably twice before she's thin um, I think that she's played actually by the same actress that played Aji's mother and we did like a shitty job of casting and we were like she's got enough range she'll be both of these old ladies <laughs> we, we did that kind of thing so it's, yeah it's the same It's the and uh, we said that was either the woman who played um, the mother of thorns in Game of Thrones or Dame Ludi- Dame Dame Judy Dench and uh, we see Kitsu Senshi Oh, the old man who died? Nope. Kitsu Senshi is a woman. Um, and oh, the she's, old the old she's an old man. Yes, by a we, woman. we see Kitsu Senshi approaching Tayo's house. The range. <laughs> and um, she's wearing slightly, she's wearing thicker clothes. Uh, she has kind of the, um, the Kitsu Mon of her family that has a lion featured on it. And um, she arrives at Tayo's house. And I think the scene cuts away and we cut back in to a meeting between herself and Tayo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel Tayo is like, maybe like a, he was like the equivalent of like a couch or something. He's like laid out as if he's like recovered from injury. So I feel Tayo's made a point to just not leave since he got back. Okay. It's like, oh, I'm injured. I can't go to the civil hall. Sure. These days. Yeah, so maybe you're maybe you're seated in such a way that kind of uh, suggests that you're like leaning in such a way that suggests like, oh, I'm so hurt. Mm-hmm. All right, but Kitsu Senshi joins you and she says, "I wanted to, I wanted to thank you, Tayo-san, for you and your compatriots' efforts." Um, in in the cult. Yes, the. Uh, I had held off officially retiring to a, to a, I don't know if they say monastery for women as well, but I think they do, but for, from... The nunnery. Yeah. From retiring to a monastery to, to investigate this cult further, but thankfully you and your comrades kept true to your word and you looked for that cult. And I appreciate it. And thus... My work here in the city is complete. Hmm. I appreciate I appreciate the help that you gave us for that, even though internally Tyus like you didn't help at all. So she'll say, Well I've I've worked in the city for some time and uh I had done a lot of investigating. uh, I've, but I, I, you, you kept your promise to me, and I hope to keep my promise to you. That, uh, that would be appreciated, Um, especially if you have any of the uh, that research that you did. I can share that with my colleagues too. 
She says, well... To root out any stragglers. Oh. Yes. Well, I mostly was speaking, of course, of giving you this. And she reaches into her robes, and she has an item. Mm-hmm. And she says, we spoke of keeping your family safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, she presents that item to you. There's a chance it's made of jade. Uh-huh. It's most likely made of jade, or has jade on it or in it. It's an item, she says, that will protect your... Uh, to protect your house from, like, dark spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is this item? She's like a lion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is it is it too uh, dumb to say like a jade lion or something? No, lion that's maybe reared up, so it's like attack or defense mode or something. Okay, sure. And she says this should help to keep your house safe from dark spirits. Um, uh, title just taken, just like oh. I, I really appreciate it. I, um, so I, I worry about my family every time I leave. So so grateful that you could give this to me. She she nods. She says, "I've uh, over the over the years that I've lived here and been investigating, I've I've found several people to be quite reliable." far more to be disappointing um, but a person whose reliability is of is beyond reproach is Ikoma Yuriko that's someone we know it's someone in the dossier but who we've never met on camera that's a Ikoma's a lion name right? mm-hmm. yeah she's from mm-hmm. another Mayan family mm-hmm. and by Ko you can tell it's a woman mm-hmm. so she'll say she's a uh, She's a samurai co of of utmost honor, and uh, I've given her much of the information that I've I've I've, I've found her competence to be uh, I found her competence to be um, refreshing in this city. She. Uh, Over the years, I've used her almost as a sounding board on ideas or investigations. Sorry, you're good. Um, but so, basically, saying like, like she knows a lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff about the cult, specifically. The, the stuff that yeah, Kitsu Senshi had been looking into. Oh, okay, perfect. I'll, well, I'm sure we'll seek her out then. Does it seem like I can trust her? Um, yeah, go ahead. If you want to make a, if you want if you want to make a role, but this this lady doesn't she doesn't seem to be presenting herself in a way that's other than trustworthy. Uh, I'll give it a shot. I, like, I, I love that kind of just Love what? I love that. Yeah, go ahead, go for it. You can trust her. Eleven. So Eleven. Damn, we could have asked her. Everything. Can I trust her? Is she telling the truth? 
No, my first question is anything. Can you trust this Kitsu, uh, Kitsu Senshi, right? That's yeah. your name? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent trust. That's the most important thing. Um, is that conversation basically over after that? Because if so, I'll just shoot these questions off. If we if we keep talking, I'll see. Yeah, if you have if you have specific stuff that you want to ask her, but I feel like her part in this question is kind of. You asked me to, this conversation is, yeah. you know, you asked me to create something for you, for your family. You promised you'd look into this moon cult. I show you, I've seen you've definitely done exactly that. Mm-hmm. I've created the, I've created this thing indeed for you. And now that that moon cult thing seems to be solved, I am leaving the city. Right. I'm retiring. And is she a Sugenja, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, well, where, where will you go now? Back to your homeland? Or no, back to the monastery. Right? She's gonna go. Well, she's gonna go back to Lionlands and to a monastery there. Yeah. How old is she? Just super elderly, or she's pretty old. She's like at least in her sixties, seventies, like late sixties or seventies. Yeah. So she's old. She's not as old as Kinta was. Mm-hmm. Um, this game system does make some implications that kind of Jedi style Shigenja age like can live longer because of their connections with the elements and that kind of thing yeah um so maybe she's older than that that makes sense but yeah she looks to be a, wo- a woman near or in her 70s of advanced age yeah well um I mean I don't want to waste these questions so um this was the character wish I do I think I know the answer to this but just in case um she was, I'll kind of give you some of her personality with this. She was disappointed that you guys didn't tackle some of these things, like, straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and she spoke with Yugure, and then later on when she spoke with you, and you were like, I need the help of a Shigenja. And it was like, one of your comrades is a Shigenja? Yeah. So basically, her opinion is you guys are all over the place. What she wishes you would do is focus on something and deal with it. <laughs> and so, and she might even tell you that in a pretty judgmental way <laughs> of like, like, I'm glad that you finally focused on something and accomplished it. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel she's like, she's, she's a woman in her older years about to retire, like, she was nasty, not nasty, but like real blunt to start with, and that now she's like, whatever she was holding back before, she's not holding back anymore. Very little motivation to save face at this point. Yeah, right, right, because it's like, all right, well, this is my last day at this job, kind yeah. of thing. Like, she's like, she's going to retire and become a monk. I mean, I guess, what is she really feeling? That'll be my last one. Oof. I feel like I'm going to just be repeating myself there. So um, that's fine. No, she's... Uh, she's glad that you're getting this stuff together. She's relieved. Um, she's very old and has, like, she put, she had so much of her, so much of her life, like, was being a magistrate. When she was retired from that position, she chose not to retire to a monastery to continue this investigation as, like, a private citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, she's old. She's tired. She wants to go off and live in peace. She's glad that this investigation of this moon cult was finally kind of concluded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so that, that's what she wants. She wants to kind of go off and live in peace. She's glad that this is 
she's glad that the thing that she was dealing with is done. She is surprised that you guys did it. Uh-huh. And again, that's kind of the zing that you get. She's yeah. surprised you guys did it, but she's not at all like upset that it happened not because of her. Yeah. Like that's the one thing about her that's actually somewhat surprising as a person who devoted so much of their self to this. Mm-hmm. She's not mad that she didn't deal with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's pretty much it then. I mostly wanted to make sure that uh, I could trust her. So that she wasn't. She could be. Yeah. She could be in a basket hat. Right. Maybe she. So, all right. So keep those answers in mind because I think um, Senshi invites you to like a tea house um, to kind of see you to like to to see her off. I don't know if Ty would go. So. It's a little fucked up, but okay. She gonna have like a banner and like a, a little party and everything? No, I think she wants to introduce you to Akoma Yuriko. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ty will try to give that invitation to someone else. She, one of the other magistrates. Okay, then. I think this just doesn't happen then. Yeah. And then. Okay. Sorry, there's there's a giant cult that's altering people's minds. Yeah, well, you have... I'm not leaving my house. You have this lion now. It will save your family. All the more reason not to leave the lion. This boy has lost it. So we see her in the house of the Morningstar, and we see that the um, geisha, actually, is one that we've seen on screen before with Aji, Specifically, and Magda. that is precious. Oh man, I was kind of excited. If so, it was Magda, I would have lost my shit. And we see her about to go into like a private, like one of the private chambers, the kind of chamber that we'd seen Aji with her in before, where he like smoked opium. And uh, she, we see a look on her face, and she looks nervous. And especially these like very high high, um, like, culture, high-value geisha are supposed to be almost unflappable um, in their, like, expressions and appearance. They're supposed to be, like, almost always on. She looks nervous. You can see, like, through her makeup, maybe some sweat beating down her uh, brow. And she kind of tries to compose herself a bit. And she succeeds, but still there's something that's nervous about her. And we see her slowly, um, she kind of does kind of a bowing thing to enter the room and then enters um, in a way showing respect to what's clearly going to be like a samurai patron. And um, inside, we hear a voice that we've definitely heard before, but at first it's from off camera. And and he's like, you hear, it's a man's voice, and you hear it in the, in the slick, the slick, charming voice say, oh, little bird, welcome back. I thought you would. Uh, I thought you would take. I thought you might take longer, but I'm very surprised. And um, she approaches this person and kind of gets fairly close by and is like, "Well, it's. I've made my. I've made my decision, and I'm more than willing to. <clears throat> I have it for you." And she reaches into um, kind of her robes, and she hands diary. She hands a uh, like a folded piece of paper to a man, and that man is Bayushi Saiga. 
and Bayushi Saigo smiles at her and he says, like, like I've, I'd always heard that you didn't disappoint and I'm very glad. And um, he gets himself, like, kind of, he, look, he opens it up and he looks over it briefly. And um, we see kind of over his shoulder that it has a list of names on it. And there's specifically lists of, like, samurai names. We see a lot of the, uh, the families that we hear bouncing around back and forth all the time. But there are only two names on it that we recognize. And two of those names are Shosuro Jocho and Kakita Aji. Bayushi Saigo kind of, like, haphazardly folds it puts it away and she's and she says like you know I really shouldn't I really shouldn't give that out to anyone at all a geisha's a geisha's clientele are supposed to be and I think he almost like touches her lips with his finger and he's like he's like I understand that you can't I understand that you can't say anything there's absolutely no need and then I think he like uh, kisses her or something and then we kind of, the camera cuts away as seduction occurs. <laughs> we see Kakita Aji after we just saw his name. Maybe like we see like a, like a shot of that. Maybe rather than tucked into Saigo's like robes, that was list was just kind of tossed to the side and the name that's just visible is Kakita Aji. And then we see Kakita Aji at a... Uh, sitting in a sake house. It's uh, one of the nicer sake houses probably in the downhill district of the Merchant Quarter. Um, and... Soon afterwards, we kind of look... Would you rather have it that we look over to the... We, ha- we see Bayushi Saigo come in, or we um, do, like, a reveal where, like, Aji's sitting there drinking, and then we just, we see him doing that for a while, and then we reveal that Saigo's been sitting with him. He was in the teacup the whole time. He was in the teacup. He had a teacup on his head. <laughs> do you have a preference on that? Uh, I don't think he's sneaking up on you. I think, like, you're hanging out with him. And, like, no, he has to be walking in. Dramatic entrance. Okay. So I think if he's walking in, um, he, he kind of sees you, and I think you were maybe supposed to meet with him to chat, or he like invited you out for a drink. And he comes in, and Saigo again, mostly wears kind of like the, the dark gray or red, or dark gray or black and red uh, kind of scorpion clan colors. He rarely wears armor. Like, we had him before. I think he hasn't... You, every time you've seen him since then, he's not worn any kind of armor. Um, he has a mask that it was like a Robin-esque mask. Uh, just like little domino kind of deal. And he has long black hair. And he says, Aji-san, so good to see you. Uh, me as well. How are you... How are you faring today? Ah... Wonderful. It's a, it's a cold day, but still beautiful. And I think he sits down with you. He's like, can I get you a drink? 
Yes, of course. He might say, like, you might already have sake there. He might say, like, oh, can, may I pour you a drink? Yes. All right. And so he'll, he'll pour you a drink. And then afterwards, maybe the, uh, <clears throat> the equivalent of a waitress will come up and kind of, like, pour then him a drink as well. Kind of thank her with a nod. And, uh, and he'll say, he'll almost do, like, a, like a cheers and say, like, to more of these beautiful days in this city. And uh, the peace that comes with them. Oh, absolutely. And he'll do whatever, whatever the, didn't drink the sake. And he'll say, I've been talking to, uh, I've been talking to my cousin, who is confusingly named by, and he uses probably some term to suggest she is a distant cousin, um, and her name is confusingly Bayushi Saisho, um, but he'll just refer to her as his cousin to avoid that. That's Korachika's wife. Um, and he says, and she was telling me about some of the some of the, the problems that this city had. I absolutely agree. Looking forward to peace is something good. Uh, yes. As a magistrate, I just... There's like... I don't know what problems to focus on. <clears throat> he says, I understand. He says, my own, my own family seems to have run into that problem in the past, but... Uh, I mean, perhaps, uh, perhaps you could help me with something. I'd love to. And, uh, and he goes, from what I understand, my cousin and her husband um, had said that a merchant of theirs had actually been been killed and robbed in the city. Do you know the name of this merchant? And so Aji remembers that his... If he's talking about one of these merchants that was killed and murders, he means the merchant horse. And so he, he'll say, like, oh, I believe she was she was a stable master. That's oh, I, yes, I know which uh, merchant you're talking about. There was a sort of feud between the unicorn and Korachika about this merchant. Oh, yes. And you, uh... We're... And he'll say... He'll say, those kind of... Those kind of feuds are so unpleasant. I mean... Over somebody who... Over somebody whose job is to... To brush some animal's hair and clean up its shit? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, I personally don't understand. Uh what the big deal is about, but uh, I know the what was the unicorn's name? Uh, uh, it was uh, Shinjo Yoshifusa. Hold on. Shinjo Sanafusa. Shinjo. That's right. Sanafusa did it. I don't know if I told you that. I know it. Probably during a meeting. I talked to Sanafusa. Fusa. Uh, remembering when I when I spoke to Santa Fusa, uh, 
Looks like he never let go of that grudge about uh, that merchant horse. Uh, is there something you need to know? I'll say, say it's just one of those, just one of those things. I mean, you come into the, you you arrive in a new city and you want to understand what's what's going on. Have there been any other issues between the unicorn and uh, people here, or is that? Uh, I mean, I know they're, I know they're. Sometimes their foreign blood runs in ways that's a little different than different than ours. But I mean, surely they can't be making too many enemies. Or unicornists. What? No. I mean. <laughs> I was expecting the problems to end after the duel with Naishi ended. Are you saying there's like lingering issues? No, I just didn't know if there were any other problems. uh, Do I know that Baronado is behind the attacks? You guys have have talked about that. All right. uh, Yes, I go. A while ago, I was informed that uh, Ide Baronado has been uh, attacking like opium fields. Huh. Interesting. Oh, I with this. Yeah. <laughs> that's. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, that's the livelihood of the city. It's a main source of income. He said, "Well, I mean, person, I mean, people I really feel for are the sick old folks who rely on that medicine. It's a shame." Yeah. And. I just these are just rumors, so I can't officially do anything. <clears throat> you uh, have any ideas? I'd be more than welcome to hear them. Yes. He says, "Well, I mean, I'm sure as a as a magistrate, if you think that there's been a attacks on a lawful uh, a lawful purveyor of opium in the city, then." Sure, it would be within your jurisdiction to deal with that. It's well, I'm certainly I'm certainly not going to get in the way of you uh, you conducting the emperor's justice. I mean, that's not my my job was to come here and take care of my cousin and uh, avenge her son's murder, make that right. Just now to watch over the to watch over their household, given her. Given the misfortune she's endured, but I'm sure that any other uh, any kind of crimes that have been committed of that type, you and your comrades are are more than more than capable of solving, even if uh, even if perhaps. The testimony seems elusive. I, thank you for your confidence. Is there anything else? Any other issues? And he says, oh, only that we seem to be uh, in need of more sake. And he'll kind of, like, give an eye to the, to the waitress. And she'll come over and bring another bottle of sake. Is that you trying to read him? Uh, yeah. How are you? All right, go for it. We got an eight. 
An eight. An what? eight. Just an eight? Mm-hmm. Just Straight an eight. Alright, so you have one question. Straight eights. I love that card game. Straight eights. Yes. You just draw four cards and see if you can get straight eights. <laughs> crazy. It's a good card game. Actually, I only wanted one question, and that question is, what does your character wish I'd do? What does the, your character wish, what his, his character wish you'd do? Yep. Um, he wants you to... Uh, go after the. He wants you to go after the unicorn. He basically kind of puts it as like, like you're right. That does sound. That does sound pretty bad. Um, if he's doing that, that seems like it's uh, definitely an example of civil disorder. Seems like seems like something that the like you guys are more than capable of. Right. And he means that in like your abilities, but also like your jurisdiction. Let's uh, get a round of drinks. Uh, I don't really have any more questions. All right. It's nice I've ever seen you act around the scorpion, <laughs> including the one you work with constantly. Yeah. Uh, that guy's a badass. <laughs> okay. Well. Now see how it really is. Governor Hayobu is going to ask you to come and talk with her. Mm-hmm. Will you go talk with her? Yeah, if the answer is no, then we'll just move on to another thing. <laughs> how long are you going to not leave your house for? You fucking hermit. <laughs> Goddamn hermit. Mm. You can, if you want, you can think about it and we can hop to somebody else. Yeah, that will work. This could work for Yugure or Ishii. So either one. Uh, or both of you. You want to go after your dream? I guess. So, I don't know what this is, so... All right. So you guys, um, at some point, the servant, the servants say, like, oh, there's, there's a man here to see... There's a man here to see... Tayo the magistrate. But he also said he'd see Yugure. Uh, Tayo is indisposed. I so I mean, do you do you see this person? Because right now you're just starting to the certain. Mm, then so yes. basically okay. So when you when you go to see this person, um it's shrimp. Mm. Mm. At this point. So, again, 1990s Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, hello, shrimp. he's like, Oh, hey, I thought, uh, I thought Tyo was gonna be here. Tyo's unavailable. He doesn't oh. live here anymore. Well, <laughs> it's weird. I thought he'd be at the uh, magistrate residence as one of the magistrates, but I guess nobody's, I guess nobody's in their house no more. No, there are four of us to handle the needs of the city. How can I help you? He's like... Well, uh, I told him I'd be looking into these, the ninja that killed, J- that killed Jotomin-sama. Ah, yes. That is a somber but necessary task. What have you found? All right, so here's, here's how this is going to work. Um, you can, I think, roll plus sagacious. And 
we'll see what you find. You're going to find some of this information for sure, um, but it just might come with strings attached to it or consequences. Mm, strings. And That's a total of 13. 13 is not a bad one. All right, so... Okay, I think shrimp kind of gives you one of these, like... Like, I mean, I could just show you. It'll be easier. Uh, very well. And um, if Ishii were, wanna, were to want to come along with this one, it works. Yeah, I'll come along. Okay. So we can maybe... I'll if blow my other, Ishii whistle. If there are other... <laughs> That's silence most people you see. Yeah. If there's other moves, we can maybe, like, kind of pawn it off of this stuff. But... <clears throat> All right. Shrimp has been kind of asking around and shrimp kind of delves into quarters that certainly Yugure doesn't Ishii has poked his head into but he leaves kind of a bigger footprint um, literally and figuratively so shrimp's been at, talking to especially a lot of the firemen and like we said uh, the firemen have been busy fighting with one another mm-hmm. and as a dude who is technically in the Mantis clan but seems like a Ronin he's been getting approached by a lot of merchants asking to hire him on as a Yajimbo mm-hmm. and he hasn't he's taken on kind of like short stint jobs here and there and the thing that they're all afraid of but unwilling to really say the is the ninja um, and again, they've heard that the ninja have summoned these Onis that are in the city, the Oni that uh, destroyed that warehouse in the fisherman quarter and um, attacked all of these people, the Oni that, uh, an Oni that um, was found up in the lunar cave, an Oni that attacked all of these people in the seven corners of the merchant quarter. Um, and so they've heard all of these things. <clears throat> that the ninja are responsible for this. They're kind of like their evil magics have been doing this. And so a lot more of them have been scared. And uh, some of them have been essentially paying protection money as alms, as offerings to the ninja to get them to leave them alone. And um, what he's discovered from... dealing with some of these ninja is that the people that uh, were at Jatoman's dojo that were dead were not at all connected with the ninja. Those weren't actually ninja people? No. Like, to the knowledge of any of the ninja, though they weren't there, um, or none of them, none of them know, let me put it, let me put this this way. None of them know anybody who specifically did that. But all of the merchants nearby are convinced that it indeed was the ninja, and that like only the ninja could um, could kill so skilled a swordsman. Of course, because they have dark evil magic. Um, here's the deal: you guys are going to find the actual leader of the ninja. Oh, so based on that role, and you're going to discover what's going on. Really good. How do Yugure and Ishi find and shrimp? Don't forget shrimp. Can't forget shrimp. Can't forget him. Find this uh, ninja hideout, the ninja leader, and get this information from her. I want to say that there was a... Um, like, down a dark alleyway, there was almost, like, this door leading down that was to an... I'm going to say, like, an abandoned sake house. That they that he was like oh I heard like that the ninja were here 
but I don't think they're here anymore. And we were just like, well, you know, show us wherever you found. And so he took us there, and it's like this abandoned, I'd say like, I don't know exactly where, but just a little abandoned bar, and it's only because we were looking in these small, weird places that we found anybody. I don't want to step on Brandon's toes for that, but I was thinking something like, maybe Shrimp takes us to one of these people who's been... Uh, bullied by the ninja and he's telling us like this is what happened and you know the this crazy thing happened across the street and from the description you can tell he's being really like superstitious and there's no way this thing he's describing happened although maybe you guys taken in a little bit by it but fortunately there are more skeptical people nearby maybe Um, and then and then, uh, and Shrimp's like, see, like, it, they're just taking advantage of this superstition. Maybe even right in front of the guy. <laughs> He's like, hey. He starts crying. Yeah. <laughs> real, I swear. Uh, they're out there. The truth. So. I saw a note the other day. just can't see. But there's, like, a kid who works there. Like grandson or something in this abandoned sake house. No, no, at, at the shop where the, the shop superstitious where the, where man. The and so he's like, "Well, my grandson said he found a ninja hideout, but of course that's crazy." But I, I told him to stay away because you know you never know when ninja are gonna climb out of the shadows and eat your heart. So, uh, so we're like, "Well, let's go check that out." Uh, and so we go there. And it's like Brandon described. It's just like, you know, an abandoned... I mean, maybe it's an abandoned Zaki house. Maybe it's more like an abandoned... Just like a house. But people had thrown mm-hmm. parties there to like a... So it's been like a... Like a it's like a derelict house. So like, not hobos, but like... Flockers used and that kind of shit. Yeah, and they, people were selling... Like, it was like a makeshift bar for a while. Like a... So this is in, like, a really shitty part of oh, yeah, we're in a really the merchant quarter, maybe? Yeah. Okay. There's, like, dim glow sticks everywhere. Definitely a shitty And we see it, like, and this is nothing like the place you guys saw last time. Like, they had, like, maybe a nicer setup last time, slightly. At least, like, you don't feel like you need to, like, take a shower afterward. But, so, maybe we dismiss it, or other people do, but then you guys like, no, wait. Because his spirit, for the day... Maybe it's like the fire spirit or something, and it starts showing people in licks of fire coming in and out of this place. Like coming in and out of, like, there's like a, almost a hidden door leading downstairs or something. Yeah. And that's really how we find it. All right. So, yeah, you find this hidden door, and um, you guys head down there. It's definitely much more like the ninja place you'd found previously. Like, you can tell, like, oh, this is, like, used as a base almost. Like, it's taken care of on, on, like, upstairs. Is it occupied when you get there? I don't think so. I think we think it's empty until we find her. Okay. I think it it seems... This is weird, too, but I think maybe you never see Yugri's spirit that much, like his spirit companion. Uh, But it takes the form of, like, a small person and is walking around and is, like, beckoning to, like, come this way and it leads straight to the... To the lady. To the lady. Okay. It's like a tiny hiding space that the grandson only found or something before. Did you say yeah. it was a little kid? Yeah. Yeah, so the little kid found the hideout. 
So does the spirit show you this hideout, or did this child tell you about it? Well, the, the, the child told, told us where it was. We went but, there. But okay. like, I don't think his father would let him go. Or right. his grandfather would let him go at all. So then the, and the spirit... The spirit like, took over the guiding once we got there. Okay. The Ryoko Ninja are not at all magical. Mm-hmm. They are exactly what we kind of initially at some point thought. So they're a gang of people that have used the mystique of the ninja to scare folks. Okay. So the ninja are kind of like one of the many boogeymen that exist in Rokugan. Um, and people are afraid of enough things that if they can build up this fear, they can get folks to pay them even though they don't have like the muscle of the Thunder Guard or the firefighter gangs. Mm-hmm. And if they can kind of spread themselves here and there to target folks who are superstitious enough or in a bad enough pinch, they can get amounts of money from all over the city rather than just focus on one neighborhood, which so is what the firemen like a, do. Yeah, they're like a weird group of firemen, pretty much. Kind of, yeah. They're a, they're a gang they're a that spreads gang. themselves thinly throughout the city, but they utilize fear. And the big thing that they've done is whenever something happens that people don't know who did it, they take credit for it. So they're terrorists. So people would definitely argue that, but like from what you're getting is the big thing is they're extortionists. Yeah. And so they'll say, like, like lots of people that... Um, maybe sh- maybe that you talk to are convinced that the Oni stuff was actually ninja. That that riot at uh, the Seven Corners or Seven yeah Seven Corners was ninja. That they caused that. That ninja were out in that lunar cave and summoned some other kind of monster doing something dark. <laughs> that ninja were responsible for Narutoki, Narutoki's death. They they do that in order to kind of further build up their mystique as this ever present, all powerful, unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. In actuality, they're not that and they had to kind of go into hiding for a while but these firefighter gangs fighting with one another and the opium cartels kind of arguing with one another has given them the opportunity of people can't so easily go to either the regular authorities because they're busy or the the firefighters because they're busy fighting one another so folks have been more willing to give up things to these ninja, and they've been, like, fairly afraid. Um, and you're able to find kind of a ninja hideout. And I think you guys can go in there. There might be some ninja. It's up to you to tell me that if they're actually there so or not. Why, why can they fit in such little spaces? So that's the thing. sneaks. <laughs> well, eventually I think you're able to find a place that seems like it's maybe cleared out of the stuff, and then Yuguri remembers that he was able to think they almost supernaturally could fit into these small spaces, and you guys start maybe looking for through this place in a way that you wouldn't normally, looking in places that wouldn't make sense to look for a person, mm-hmm. and you are able to find someone, someone who is very, very small. So, like um, inch, inches? How many inches? No, are we like a foot. Like the size, like the size of almost a toddler. Okay. Is but it like is a, an adult? An adult-shaped person? Yes. So, like a little person, but of extremely small proportions. Okay. Who's also, I think, missing... Missing what? Um, I think... Where does this person get clothes tailored? Like missing, like, a, at least an arm or a leg. And so, like, is an even smaller...
smaller space than a person that small could normally fit in. And, um, and you discover basically that that's how this person, and her name is Yusra. Uh, she's a foreigner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to think about that. Well, this real cool wire is one of the only places where you regularly encounter foreigners. No, no, I, I, I just wonder if they're all her size or if she. <laughs> so she's foreign because of her size or well, no? She's her hair she's, color. she's a foreigner. I think yeah. She she is, like looks very clearly of like a different ethnicity when she does speak. She has like an accent. Okay. Um, but she can tell you that she was essentially. Um, brought here as a curiosity when she was a little girl. She was kidnapped by the leader of the ninja um, to use as a spy to get dirt on people since she could fit into these tiny spaces. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But, so but eventually... Um, Continue about Miss Angelou. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, she used to she like used to use opium uh, and that's partially how like the leader of the ninja like got her kind of under their sway um, but once but having a like a minion that's under like who's always high isn't super useful so once Yusra was like clean which was not a fun experience and realized she was being like essentially used not only by the people who brought her here as a curiosity but later on by the leader of the ninja she organized among other ninja to kill the old leader um, who um, and she and she's been op- she'd been operating through a series of face men like where like the ninja don't know who the leader of the ninja is but it's but it's but it's Yusra, yeah the deal is though that Yugure Yugure knows that there was something dark connected to this darker than just this crime syndicate and when he like questions her about that one of the things that he finds is that um, she was she was pushed to get rid of her predecessor um, by someone and she can't remember who it was and you can just tell that's the dark force that pushed her to do it. And she doesn't know who it was. She literally can't think of a name did at all. that ever, like, did she ever have the same feeling again? Like, did it ever... It was the dark force that convinced her to do this and brought her to this conclusion. To, to replace the guy, but I mean, like, has she been influenced since then? Like, has she been influenced, like, oh, do certain things, that kind of thing? Or has she just been like, oh, replace your dude? Influence. Go ahead and make a sagacious roll. Sure, 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 sure. It's five plus. Uh, it's, it's an eight. Eight. All right. So, um, no, essentially. Okay. Uh, but she's fairly positive the issue is that she didn't... Um, one of the things was... One of the things that she'll expose was basically, like, she... She didn't care about the fact that the previous leader was working with Naratoki. What she cared about was that the previous leader had hurt her so much. I get you. And when this when this dark force that she can't remember a name and she can't remember a face 
put this into her head, she went after she went after that opportunity more out of revenge than anything else. So the old leader was working in Antarctica. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And she'll basically describe that, like, oh, Nerotokai had, um, basically been willing, like, worked with worked with them and gotten them to stop being so obvious. Uh, like, gotten them to stop being so obvious, and the people that were like fuck ups from the Ryoko Ninja, they'd throw them to him, and he'd make an example out of them. So you can keep doing the stuff that you're doing. Just stop going after people that matter. Stop being so obvious. And whenever there's a person who fucks up, I'll catch them and show how good a magistrate I am. That's a good point. We should have done that shit from the beginning. Um, Make shake hands with her now. Mm-hmm. Good hand. Only got the one. Yeah, I think she, I think she has. I think she has like a either is missing a leg or has like a disfigured smaller leg, almost like a club foot kind of thing. Okay. Um, oh, she doesn't know where the journal is, does she? No. Okay. Didn't think so. Just thought I'm going to ask every single person I ever encountered. <laughs> what happens to Yusra? I think the ninja are going to be in a hell of a lot worse place, and it's going to be more ridiculous if she's not in control. However, we do need her to start doing what her predecessor was doing and stop being so ridiculous. And, like, maybe tone it down a notch? Or we will come after you again and we'll find you again? And then there won't be this whole discussion? Nah. Do you think you just want to take her in? Yeah. (laughs) So take a small person? Uh Uh-oh. So, I mean, as as a Gaijin, as a foreigner, she isn't a person. Yeah. Like with un, with under the under the law, like she's not. So yeah. So as as a gauge, if she's not anyone's vassal, the way Magda was, or the maybe like the way the servants in, in uh, Shinjo Yoshifusa or Ide Baranato's households are, she's, she's no, she's not, she's no one. Like she's not even a person with the, under the Rogani law system. Then yeah, I guess we'll we'll take her in and, and do the whole you know torture you to find all your information and arrest all of her compatriots. Okay, so is, is that kind of how you find a bunch of that information? Yeah, I'd say to okay. torture and then just rounding up so and all of these people like that she gives up. Okay, to you, Gray, she is a person, but she's a person who did a lot of crimes and is the head of a really terrible organization <clears throat> that did bad things to a lot of people. So. Like, whatever respect that he would show to somebody, he would show to her as, you know, as we drag her into... (laughs) The torture. Right. Okay. So... I hope you're doing okay. (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing is, I'll say Pitiful gets a hold of her, Pitiful the torturer, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, and boy, do you get a lot of information. City of Lies is Tone as Kakita Aji. Brandon as Hida Ishii, David as Bayushi Tayo, Andrew as Agasha Yugure, and Austin as your Game Master. The theme music for City of Lies is Mission of Danger by Lobo Loco. Additional music for this episode includes Petrichor by Midair Machine. Our intro was read by Scott. 
This American Dice Ryoko Wari City of Lies uses the City of Lies box set by Greg Stoles, published by Alderac Entertainment Group. The mechanics used is a modified PBTA system by Brendan Taylor of Galileo Games. Join us next time for more This American Dice. Ludi Gench is her her very evil sister. <laughs> She's lewd. <laughs> um, but yeah. Was there personally? Ecoma Eureka. Eureka. Like you discovered something, but in a masculine way. <laughs> and and you speak a romance language. Oh, that hurts my chest. <laughs> That ninja so, yeah, so they basically take so credit for stole anything. my tie off the windowsill. Yeah, Marmaduke. The ninja. That, that was a ninja, though. Yeah, <laughs> that one. That was, yeah, Marmaduke. Ninja. Ninja. Marmaduke son. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> thinks he's ninja. So 